Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now author of the Woodsboro murders. Do you think the killer will strike again? We have no evidence that this is a serial killer. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating life. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real life sequel? Do you think someone's trying to duplicate Woodsboro? It looks like it. I think you have a copycat on your hands, Chief. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? I want you. It's showtime. Police are everywhere. If there is some freaked out psycho trying to follow in Billy Loomis's footsteps, you probably already know. The way I see it, someone's out to make a scene. So it's our job to observe the rules of the scene. Number one, the body count is always big. Number two, death scenes are always much more elaborate. You just want to sit here and wait and see who drops next? I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Abdul, his hands are terrifying. Welcome to Recap and Gal, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Big weekend for me. I watched, uh, I don't know why I, I wanted to rewatch Cocaine Cowboys, oh, uh, the, the uh, documentary. It's, when, when, when I watched it, I could tell it was a young director who didn't have like a lot of access to a ton of technology because mm-hmm. it looks very basic kind of mm-hmm. editing, but the content's there. It's very good. And then um, I got a uh, COVID booster shot. It was very exciting. I got mine today. That's fantastic. Now, That's I'm just sore shit. Yeah, I had like a, I, I, I had this bump, and I'm like, because I originally got the, I got the Johnson and Johnson. You got J and J. I, I got the J and J, but my booster was uh, the the uh, Pfizer. Oh, one of us. All right. So, so I've Pfizer got, gang. so I have both swimming inside of me. I'm, I was mag, I was magnetic, but that's over now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't last long. All, I think. Yeah, I just had my keys. I had them sitting right on my arm. I'm like, I don't know why this is okay, but. <laughs> 
It's fine. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy yeah, for man. you. Yeah, it's good. Uh, flying solo in the Lone Star State, this podcast chief plastic surgery and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. Um, when Dave said he had a big weekend, I just assumed he would talk about watching you because oh, it's oof. the most wonderful time of the year. Oof. Joe Goldberg, Love Quinn, back in our lives. God. Well, I, I mean, didn't finish well, it, but I started oh, watching okay. it. Okay. Oh. I, I think I watched that in like a three-day span. Um, working from home is great. Uh, if you're giving recommendations, I also have one. This is one that I slept on, and I shouldn't have slept on it because I, I wanted to watch it when it first came out, and I just kind of forgot about it. If you guys have Hulu and you're a big old history dork, watch The Great. It's oh, fucking yeah. awesome. Holy yeah. shit. I would also yeah. say if you, if you liked The Favorite in theaters a couple years ago, this yeah. it's, it's just, I mean, it's Catherine the Great. It's a historical satire-ish. Yeah. Um, L. Fanning is in it. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Great. Nicholas Holt. Yeah, it's. I think season two is coming in like a week, maybe two weeks from now. Yes. Um, if you if you don't know about Catherine the Great, um, watch it. I didn't know about young Catherine the Great. I only know about complete insane sex maniac Catherine the Great as an old lady. Yeah. Um, they said that she died because she was having sex with a horse. That's not true. No. It's because she was foreign and the Russian people that were in charge of like, you know, carrying on the empire after her death really hated that she was foreign. And mm. so they made a lie about her. However, when they like cleaned out the palace, she had oodles of sex themed furniture. She's got a chair where the armrests, the legs, every part of the chair is just like titties and dicks and open vaginas and fellatio and cunnilingus and analingus. And so the entire oh. chair is just, it's a porno chair. She had a table that was, the, the table legs were all uh, big old dicks. Like she was on one at the end. So um, yeah, I'm you think the show's going to gonna get into that? Yeah, it has like to. End of all life. I knew about her, I knew that she was like a big deal. And that at the end, she was a sex fiend. And so I'm looking forward to like season 38 because <laughs> it's going to get great. But uh, yeah, I am super, super into that. Um, I think I'm like five episodes in. It's, it's all that I want from like a historical satire show. So Is it going to be like The Crown where, where, where they're going to pick like slightly older actresses or is it just going to be, is this just about the younger I, Catherine? I, really, I don't know. Um, That's I mean, probably, the first season is all younger, younger Catherine, but she was in office mm-hmm. forever. So like yeah. office? I, mean, she, I don't think it's office. Like, she, she was reigned. She she sat the throne for a very, very long time. I think the longest she was reigning monarch. Pretty great. In, yeah, she was pretty great. Yeah. See? Better than her you husband. See what I did Peter there? the nothing. Which is a running he, joke. That's uh that's a good one. Peter His the, dad Peter is the Peter the Great. He's always like, My father was Peter the Great, and I am Peter the Me. Me. <laughs> so he's got nothing. But uh I should get us back on track. Watch the great. This week, we are ending our spooktacular with Scream 2. Um, it's free on Pluto, but only if you are fluent in Spanish. I tried to watch it there. Uh, mm-hmm. it no out, subtitles available. No, no subtitles available and no English version available. Just Spanish. There was no, I, I tried to watch it like three different times and figure it out. No, 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 no. It's only okay. for the Spaniards. Do you so. think you need the dialogue, though? Could you figure it out? Could you figure out what's going on? I needed it because I'm hosting this week. Oh, that's right. But, uh, I, probably, I, I think there. if you're a casual viewer, you could probably 
piece it together without the, uh, without the dialogue. Um, you can get it via subscription on Philo or Spectrum. You can rent it on Amazon, Redbox. I think there's another couple of renting services. I'm assuming Voodoo. Um, you can get it on Apple. That's how I watch it. Yeah, it's on a lot of different places for, for money. But uh, I thought it was on HBO Max. I think it was like last week. Yep. We, we missed the cut. Yep. Uh, the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes, Sydney and tabloid reporter Gail Weathers survive the events of the first scream, but their nightmare isn't over. When two college students are murdered at a sneak preview of Stab, a movie based on the events in the first film, it's clear a copycat killer is on the loose. Sydney and Gail, as well as fellow survivors Deputy Dewey and Randy, have to find out who is behind this new murder spree before they all end up dead. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That, about, that about covers the bases. Sums it um, up. Yeah. Randy survived too. Well, these he's mentioned there. Deputy Dewey and Randy. No. Yes. Sydney and Tablet Reporter survived the... Oh, well, they, they could have also... had him. They could have had Dewey it's, and Randy in the beginning. That's true. It's probably just bad English. It's bad syntax. Composition. I don't know. It's bad syntax. syntax. Whatever. Uh, Dave, if you could, give us a rundown of who is in this movie. Everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's continue. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> We're in it. David Arquette as Dewey Riley, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, and Jamie Kennedy as Randy Meeks brings back uh, who, whoever's left from the original. Yeah, the survivors. Um, let's see some others. Cece Cooper, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of you may have heard of her. Yes, um, uh, Debbie Salt. Uh, I'll, I'll just say she's Debbie Salt. Uh, Lori Metcalf. Aunt Jackie. Elise. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elise Neal uh, plays Hallie. Uh, Jerry O'Connell is Derek. Timothy Olafantastic, is, mm-hmm. as, 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 as I always refer to him, always. is Mickey Altieri. What, what a name. They gave that, him a last name? Altieri. Mickey Altieri is serving five to seven at uh, Leavenworth for armed robbery. Sounds like a booty. Yep. Uh, Jada Pinkett as Maureen Evans, uh, Liev Schreiber. I, I guess he 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 returned too. Yeah, I, I should have yeah. said that, but he was only in uh, only on TV in the original non speaking role as uh, Cotton Weary. Great name, mm-hmm. Louis Arquette, the father of David Arquette, plays the police chief, Chief Hartley. Did not. Um, know that. All right, yep, yep. He no, that's it's it's an acting dynasty. Oh, uh, yeah. His yeah. his dad and his dad's dad were character actors like pro- they were prolific well his um, sisters are actresses yeah that's a whole family oh yeah yeah uh let's see Dwayne martin plays joel jones i saw him in a lot of things in the late mm-hmm. 90s he was, uh, he, he, was he was the cameraman the he was the, the faculty faculty yeah yeah and he was in, he was in down periscope which is a movie oh, if, if, if you like navy satire that's that's a great one <laughs> right up your alley uh, Re- Rebecca Gayhart plays Lois. Portia de Rossi plays Murphy. I think they were just both in the sorority. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were in the play as well. Um, Omar, Omar Epps at the beginning there for a moment. Phil Stevens. Yeah. Uh, and then the movie characters Tori Spelling, Luke Wilson, and Heather Graham play Sidney Prescott, Billy Loomis, and Casey Becker in the uh, movie Stab. You and of course, Jerry O'Connell. I said Jerry O'Connell. Did I said you? Jerry. I was Jerry. <laughs> and then the uh, voice of Ghostface, Roger L. Jackson. Yeah. And an icon, a legendary voice. It's a lot of people. Fantastic. Yeah. There um, were a lot. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this, this keeps uh, going. I don't know what's more star-studded, this or uh, the faculty. I mean, got stars on stars on stars. These last two are spectacular. 
Um, let's go around here and give some memories of the first time we saw this. Dana, what do you got? I am sure I saw it in high school. I just like couldn't, I was like obsessed with Scream, like could quote that movie, like run it without like <laughs> it needing to be on television. Um, but this one I'm sure I just like watched and was like, oh, okay. But no, like doesn't really stick with me. I was trying to remember the plot as I was watching it. I was like, what happens? But I'm sure I saw it in high school. Okay. okay. Dave? This came out in 97, right? I think middle school. Yeah, yep. I think I was 12, 12, 12 or 13, much too young. Middle of um, middle school. Yeah, it was either a video update or a Hollywood rental. Oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. And just parents were very permissive. Just let me watch Again. things like that. Yeah. Always. They just They just let it happen. It's their fault. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I had only seen one Scream movie before last year, Spooktacular. I thought it was Scream 2. Turns out it was Scream 3. So, yeah, I <laughs> this was the first time I had seen this one. Um, fresh, fresh, fresh for me. Uh, Dana, upon rewatch, did it make the grade or should they have held this back? Uh, the first one is just such a classic mm-hmm. um, that it's, like, really hard to top. This was fine. It was fine, you know, mm-hmm. worthy, totally acceptable sequel, but nothing tops the first one. It's just very, very surprising. Yeah, yeah. Dave? Um, the ending is, is ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's um, insane. It is bananas. It, and it took two hours of buildup to get to that. I'm like, this is slapped at. This is fucking what terrible. What are you doing? Um, the... <laughs> As uh, Randy says, you know, the kills get more uh, complex, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so that part's interesting. Two hours. Two hours yeah, was a bit much. That two hours. You feel yeah. it was, was a bit much, but uh, it was okay. But mm-hmm. the ending was a bit too much to bear. My, my brain was like, ugh. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I will say, um, Dave and I both saw Dune this weekend as well. That, you feel the length of Dune. I felt the length of this movie. Like, the two hours was excessive. No one needed it. 95 minutes would have been perfect for this. Uh, I mean, it made the grade. Like, it wasn't a great movie, but, you know, acting was good enough. Plot was fairly engaging. Made me laugh every time I saw Dewey run. So, <laughs> like a C-minus movie, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine that it exists, but they, they really could have cut out a lot of this movie. Cut out, like, three of the deaths, and you get down to, like, a 90-minute movie, I think is a better movie overall. Um, cut out that whole scene where she needs to be convinced to be in the play. I didn't oh need any gosh. of that shit. You know what? Not only that, cut out the scene of her acting on screen, or on the yeah. stage. Yeah. She has a whole soliloquy. That's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, all of that. I don't. I don't mind Oedipus, but like, I don't need to see you do Oedipus. Anymore. You guys don't like the. You guys don't like the Aristia? It's it's amazing, oh especially God. in Scream. That's exactly what you're waiting to see <laughs> in Scream. I want to yeah. see Nev Campbell, stage actress. Um, yes. The, I want to give some fun facts here. I only have one. Um, my fun fact is, you know, Jada Pinkett uh, dies in the beginning of the movie, a la Drew Barrymore in the first one. She's on the poster in the same spot that Drew Barrymore is in, in the first movie too. And I remember in the promo for the first one, Drew Barrymore is very much positioned as the star of the movie, like Mm. going into it. And I think that was, so everyone was very shocked when she died right away. I don't know if they did the same thing here where like Jada Pinkett was doing all of like the press tour and 
all the interviews and shit. But yeah, she she dies right away in the same spot that Jada that uh, Drew Barrymore was at. Was mm-hmm. she as big of a Nate? Like, like was she as uh, big a deal at that? Was point? this pre or post set it off? I know that was a oh, big one for her. Good question. Mm-hmm. Roughly the same time. I mean, this was after she was. God, what was Jada Pinkett doing before? I mean, she because she was in. Um, couple episodes of Fresh Prince. Like she's she was I think she might have been like a black thing at this time. This was her follow-up to set it off. Okay. This was right after it. Um because I mean I know she did a lot of TV stuff before this. Jason's lyric lyric is one that yeah. Ninety six was the was the Nutty Professor and set it off. Oh, okay. 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 Nutty Professor was a pretty big deal. For for black people, she was definitely a thing. I think the broader public was just getting to know her still. Yeah. But also, I mean, this was also Drew Barrymore's comeback. Like, she had Mm. really flamed out. And, like, if celebrity rehab was a thing then, she would have been there at, like, nine years old. So this was her, like, comeback vehicle. So I think it's kind of a similar thing. But, yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting that they were in the same spot on the poster and both die right away. Other fun facts? I had some. Um, There was a part of the film score that I'd recognized. I could not put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Dun, 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 dun. And I was like, what the fuck is that from? I had just watched a movie where I I just could not remember what it was. Thank you, IMDb. Because in their trivia, it came up with it. Um, It was an excerpt from Hans Zimmer's score to the John Travolta Christian Slater action film Broken Arrow from oh, 1996. Um, I apparently <laughs> they dropped it in there as a placeholder when they were doing uh, okay uh, when the they had another composer trying to do their own score and the audience the test audiences were like we like it that's so they kept crazy it. from Broken yeah. Arrow of all movies yeah. well yeah. Bill was watching it because he was like lifting this morning and we only have like one nice television so I was watching he's like. That's from some. That's a Hans Zimmer s- score. And I was like, wow, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah. sh- also, I was like, shut up and just let me watch my movies. So <laughs> Little Zimmerhead, all right. We are. We're big fans of, of Hans Zimmer in this household. Nothing wrong um, with that. But yeah, he like knew it. it was Hans Zimmer, but he couldn't figure what movie. So then he went and looked it up, and it was like Broken Arrow. Like, Broken Arrow. Random. Jesus. Which we recent we watched that during the pandemic. I was like, what a wild film. What a wild film. Not bad, but it's, it's wild. You got stealth bombers and nuclear weapons being dropped yeah. over Utah. It's wild. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Wes Craven submitted eight different cuts to the MPAA before finally getting the R rating that he wanted. Jesus. There's a documentary. For real. Like, yeah. No, there's that process is so stupid. It's insane. Uh, there's a documentarian named Kirby Dick did a documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. If you want to learn more yep. about how they do things at the MPA and how fucking arbitrary it is. It's, it's really something to check it, it out. Is, it is a weird relic of the fifties. So yep. That still exists is stupid. 35 minutes, 34 seconds in, there's a blonde guy in the background. Who is it? Matthew Lillard. Oh, nice. It's okay. blurry. You can't get a hundred percent, but it's him. Is that, is, oh, I was going to say, is that the guy that's like standing in the background on the phone? But no, that's too late. No, it's, it's during the, uh, the, the uh, sorority party. They're out on like a, a porch. Yeah, and you can hear neat. his voice a little bit. He, he's just like, hey, how's it going? You kind of hear his voice a little bit. 
but it's too blurry to see his face. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. So nice. But he died, so that's annoying. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. He's a ghost. Um, so along those lines of people in the background, the voice on the phone with Sarah Michelle Gellar, character Cece, is Selma Blair. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Was, yeah, yeah. That's her voice. And then uh, making a repeat appearance on the pod, and is it back-to-back weeks? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we do the faculty. So... Robert Rodriguez directed Stab. So all the Stab scenes were done by Robert <laughs> Hired a director for Stab. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Oh. According to IMDb. So, you know, great assault. But... False. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into the recap and some of our segments here. Um, Dave style. I do want to start this at the beginning because the opening scene of this movie deserves a little bit of attention. Um, I don't know about you guys, I was really thrown off by the big, big, big deal that the Stab sneak preview was. Um, Okay, so Stab is a non-franchised horror movie. It's in this world, yeah, it's based on a true story or whatever, but like this movie might be a huge piece of shit. Like no one's seen it before. It's not like it's Stab 5 or some shit. Like this is the first of of this franchise. And when you see the production that they make for this movie, um, mm-hmm. they, they have outside of the Rialto theater, like a huge stabbing arm coming down for yep. the preview. Every individual customer that comes in to see this gets a full costume, mask, and glow-in-the-dark mm-hmm. knife. MSRP $49.99 minimum. <laughs> <laughs> minimum Jesus. people people are running around inside the theater screaming fake stabbing each other yep. like it was Wild. so unbelievable to me that for what is basically an unknown horror movie this is the reaction that it generates from like moviegoers Did, yeah was I, was I alone in feeling this was a little no. bit over the top 100 percent correct if i would have walked into that theater and people were behaving that way i would have turned around and gotten the fuck run out the of shit, there run the fuck out that's it's one thing, like, after the film, if y'all really, like, I don't know if I would want to be around people who would get really into a horror film like this. Yeah. Because I told you, after Center Stage, people were dancing, like, doing ballet in the aisles. It was, <laughs> I, I was there opening at a Fast and the Furious. There were probably 85 car exits in that parking lot, so I get it. Yeah, exactly. But that's, like, after that, like, because I'm sitting there, there is, I don't know if we want to talk about it yet, but there's, like, a scene where, like, you're not watching the movie, and there's, like, it's, in, so it's the movie within the movie it's still in its early going and people are running around it's not like a like a rocky horror we've no. seen it a million times we're all in it's like opening sneak preview and you're like not even watching the film because you're running around the aisle stabbing people yeah the, what the world with the moment that the killer pops up everyone goes fucking insane they are screaming. They're throwing popcorn yeah. up in the air. And I'm like, this movie is four minutes in and it might be a huge piece of shit. Like, yeah. it's crazy to me. Like, Alamo does, like, rowdy screenings for certain sure. things now. But it's, like, after it's been out for a while. And it's because, like, because I think they did, like, a rowdy screening of Cats. And I wanted to go to it, but it was at, like, 10 p.m. on a Friday. That's been <laughs> um, But it's, like... <laughs> They wait till like you've seen it. They know in that case it was a piece of shit. So like, yes, you want to be able to yell at the screen and sure. act a fool. This was a it it wasn't even like a it was a free sneak preview in a college town, yeah. and these people are missing the whole movie because they're running around stabbing people. I was, like, was like, I mean the no, theater. I, I... 
The yeah, theater in yeah. Iowa City, they did a, um, a screening when I was a senior of, uh, maybe it might have been the year after I was a senior, of Anchorman, where they Ooh. had like literal follow the bouncing ball on the bottom of the screen to pull all the lines if you want to. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> so hot. Hot <laughs> <laughs> glass spraying milk everybody, spam spraying milk everywhere. It's fantastic. <laughs> Like, that's fine. Like yeah, sheep's wool? Sneak preview. This was yeah. bananas. Yeah. Rick, I think you need to lay low. I think you killed somebody. <laughs> I th- yeah, because you're probably <laughs> wanted for murder. Um, <laughs> a house. And, and, and I was watching my like, 80% man, of the time it works. 60%. Every time. I mean, I, how many, all those people wearing masks. I'm like, who wears masks in a thief? Oh, wait a minute. How can you see? <laughs> You can't see they shit. can't see and also oh, we're, just, we're just wearing masks in the theater now and it's yeah. okay but yeah every but i want to say 90 percent of the people i saw a couple were not wearing masks but everyone was wearing that screen mask and exa- and and if i was sitting like in that third or fourth row where they were and i looked behind me and saw those fucking people it's over done uh-huh. no, no mask. Uh, they also make a big deal of like, a, they have a title card that comes up that says the movie is filmed in Stabovision. The huh? fuck is that supposed to be? Yeah. It's not 3D, because they all got masks on. It's more 4K, they spray blood at you. Like, I don't know what Stabovision is, but again, the crowd goes nuts when they see it, like they know what it means. Yeah, yep. when I saw the Evil Dead musical, off off Broadway, <laughs> sure. you can sit in the splatter zone, and they give you a poncho, and you get, get sprayed that. with blood. It's like going to see Gallagher. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah I, I was very confused. They never explained what it was, and like the reaction that the crowd had to it was as though they've seen seven or eight movies filmed in stable vision before, and it really enhances the thing. Then I also wanted to talk about Omar Epps in this opening scene. He's a piece of shit boyfriend. Like, Oh. He's here with he's here with Jada Pinkett, uh-huh. openly talking about how hot the other women are. He at one point, yeah. there's a scene. So in the beginning, you've got um, Heather Graham playing the Drew Barrymore role. She's about to get into the shower. He loses his shit when her robe <laughs> comes off, and she kind of elbows him and is like, "Now see, what does this have to do with the plot?" His response is, "I'm not sure about the plot, but I've got a stiff one." Like, he's like, "Yeah." You this is this, this is how we date. talk to each other. We are in love. This is how we talk. <laughs> you were on a date telling your girlfriend that the thought, not the visual, the thought of Heather Graham getting into the shower has given you a raging erection. No, it's not just the thought. Like I think they showed her fully naked. They may have. Was what I got from it. I, they better have. Either way, I don't say it. that. Don't go, oh, my dick is hard now. That was insane to me. <laughs> then, so, he gives her, like, shit about not wanting to see this movie and wanting to go see a Sandra Bullock movie, which, I get that. I, you know, if, if you're in the mood for a horror movie and there's, like, a Sandra Bullock rom-com playing your girlfriend's talking about, you might not want to go see that. But then, she gets up 30 seconds into the movie to get popcorn. He's like, well, use your own fucking money for that shit. <laughs> I'm giving you money for popcorn. She goes to the bathroom. He jumps out her the line, the of her. Which I like. The her line is, "I got my money. I asked for your, your money. money." That was good. good line. I enjoyed That's that. But line. she, but she used his money to get popcorn with no butter and a diet soda. Yeah. yeah. No fun. No, 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 no fun. And also, get you walked past that to get into the theater. Like you yeah. should have just gotten it before you got there. That was insane to me. But, like, yeah, he jumps up to scare her after she goes, like, 
to the, get the popcorn when it comes back from the theater. I just, I was like, you realize this is Jada Pinkett. Like, you treat her right. Yes, it's Jada Pinkett with a pixie cut, but it's still Jada Pinkett. Like, treat her right. And he is out here to be the worst boyfriend. It was bonkers to me. And she's on a date with Coach Mike Tomlin, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Super Bowl champ Coach Mike I Tomlin see it. over here. I see it. Okay, it's, good. They, they share a face. Nice. They share a nice. face. Okay. Um, He's looking now, for his headset. <laughs> a little terrible towel. He's got yeah, thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Um, but I did want to say, obviously, the first Scream really kind of made its mark for all of the meta stuff it's put into it. There's a lot of references and a lot of, you know, insidery kind of winking at the audience stuff. They tried to do the same thing here in this one. We don't have a title for this. I'm not going to find a sound effect for meta stuff. But I did want to talk about all the meta stuff. Um, pew, pew. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what meta would sound like. Is that a meta sound effect? That, yeah. that, was, that was good. I guess. That's so. real good. I'd probably find something from like a clip from um, uh, the uh, clip from Community. That's a very meta show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just got done talking about Jada Pinkett. Um, before they go into the theater, I think the very first lines you hear in the movie are heard like shitting on the horror genre. Like, oh, it's just a bunch of dumb white girls with big old titties, like, get themselves killed because they're stupid. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're, we're starting off right away. And they had a similar thing in the first Scream, where it's like, I, I think it might have been Rose McGowan talking about, like, bubble-headed bimbo blondes with big old titties, like, getting themselves yeah. killed. Similar thing here. I think it was something about a bubble butt boyfriend named no, Billy. That, <laughs> bubble butt boyfriend <laughs> Billy, that was, um, that was in uh, Jawbreaker. That was another Rose McGowan line. Okay, whatever. But yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's Foxy, stuck in there. Foxy had a thing for dudes with big old butts. Uh, <laughs> so we found that out. Uh, um, they, they do have a very effective moment in the very early going. Uh, Sydney gets a, a prank caller. I think the first thing we see is her phone ring and it's the spooky voice, you know, coming to threaten her. Uh, she right away calls him out with caller ID, which I'm pretty sure wasn't a thing yet when the first movie came out. Or it was like I may have had thing. one. I think I may have had one. It was like an old like Ameritech or something. We had the Ameritech, Defunct. but it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't everywhere yet. And yeah. the fact that they had this show up in this movie, I'm like, that's that's pretty effective. I bet it got a big laugh from the audience. Like I bet you they cracked up seeing that happen. Uh, they take a moment where, of course, Randy, the film dork, is in film class, and we get them shitting all over sequels. Yeah. Uh, quality discussion. I was genuinely happy when Mickey finally brought up The Godfather Part Two. I'm like, what are we doing with, we're not going to bring up Godfather Part Two as like a sequel that's as good as or better than the original? Yeah. Um, that was that was good. And they, they do have like good conversation, all the problems with sequels and like a lot of the bad ones that come up did kind of cringe when Randy made a, 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 a mention that um, Empire Strikes Back doesn't count because it's part of a trilogy. Like, yeah, okay, but it wasn't when it came out. <laughs> like, no one knew that right away. Oh, that's, that's, like, that's true. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that they planned to make three. I don't think they, like, greenlit three before the first one came out. So, like, you know, either way. Yeah, that was kind of nice to hear them talk about that. Uh, I did appreciate them explaining Dewey's limp. Like Dewey got stabbed in the back, and here he is limping around with a dead arm. And it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I got nerve damage. But the arm isn't dead. All the like, sometimes he does use it. <laughs> the arm is semi-functional. Because yeah, I was, was just, like watching it, because I was yeah. like, it's semi-tracking it. Tracking that was just poor. It. That was just poor acting. It's like, yep, yeah, I said keep the. I have to limp, and then I have to make sure that I use this arm, 
gingerly as though yeah. it doesn't work that well. But I'll forget. Don't worry about like, it. I'm David Arquette. Whose choice was that? David Arquette? Did you, or the, you think like Kevin Williamson was like, I to need to, to have a limp. I, I hmm. think I think they probably had like something in there about Dewey having injuries and David Arquette spent months practicing a limp. It is comical. It is comical. When he and Gail are walking down those stairs to try and get to that VCR, because, you know, it's tough to find a VCR anywhere other than the school anywhere. of film. Yeah. Um, it's the, the, the hobbling that he does <laughs> looks so ridiculous. And I, I, I'm, so I, I don't want to laugh at someone with a real limp, but since I know it's fake, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, if they were thinking ahead, they, he has on a jacket for most of the movie, they really could have like rigged up something in the jacket to like rest his elbow on to keep it consistent. Yeah. Because it comes and goes. That dead arm is, as somebody that has a nerve issue from my sciatic nerve and my three ruptured discs, I know from which I speak, that shit don't come and go. It's always there. Yeah. <laughs> like if you got a severed nerve, it's always severed. Uh, yeah. It they, yeah. It was, I, I, I think, Again, I only saw Scream three before, so I only know Dewey as literally a like a walking corpse. Like he in that movie, he's barely functional because of all of his injuries. <laughs> so, I'm not sure like, I've seen three. Or uh, I haven't seen it in a while. There, it's, Scream three is basically a comedy. There's a part where Ghostface throws a knife at Dewey, and it's moving in slow motion, but like the handle part hits him instead of the blade part, and then he falls down the stairs because his <laughs> legs don't work no more. Like it's it's a comedy basically, but. Take that, um, ghost faced. I'm Prune Tracy. <laughs> no, I'm Dick Face. No, I'm uh, Dick Face. That's another Simpsons reference for Dana. Um, Parker Posey. I'm intrigued by this. Oh, Kelly Rutherford. It's the listen, mom. Stick from around Gossip for Girl. next year's spooktacular. I'm sure we'll get into this that. So oh, bad. Dempsey. Sorry, it's, I'm on the wrong. It's so fuck. It's so bad. Scott Foley. Um, it's getting. Why are you do? It's getting worse you, as you, you go gotta, down the list. You got to do a Google image search for Courtney Cox's bangs. In oh, I'm 3. seeing them. I'm so seeing bad. them. It's she's a, she's some kind of a, a page in a medieval military situation. Um, <gasps> it's Bud. Bud from. The Cosby show is in this oh, film. Okay. Dion Richmond is in the building. Okay, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, so then we also have Randy breaking down the rules of a horror sequel. Um, more yep. elaborate kills, more blood, more gore, more bodies. I was going to go back and do a body count. I am 100% positive there are many, many, many more kills in Scream 2 than in the first one. I think the first one was like three or four deaths. Not a whole lot of them. Yeah. There's a ton of deaths in this movie. You got Rose McGowan dies. Um, at the end, you've got uh, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. It's Stewie. Um, Drew Barrymore's character. Stewie was there, yeah. Her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, the Five, principal? Six. Doesn't the principal get it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Principal, principal the Fonz. So it's like and the camera guy. Oh, and uh, uh, they they copped to killing Sydney's mom too, but that's off screen. Yeah, it's off screen. You can. So uh, I'll give I'll give them eight for that one. Okay. Uh, I, I I have a list of all the deaths in this one. I think it's like thirty. <laughs> so it feels like there's Ow. more in this one. Um, I I know there's more gore because the only really gory kill in the first one is Drew Barrymore being disemboweled. The other one ones. More. Are there one more? Just one more in this one than the last one. Oh. Okay. Well, the other one, I mean, the, the, the kills are a lot more gory. They're more well lit, I think. Um, yep. You know, the, I, I feel like a lot of those deaths, like, I don't think we see 
Oh, we do see the Fonz die because Dave and I made fun of his voice when he died. So. Okay, fair, fair. Um, there are two actors and friends that get name checked in this one. They they name check Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. Um, mm. This kind of stuff always makes me laugh because the movie I think we're supposed to believe takes place in a world where Friends exists as a show. Uh -huh. So I have to assume that Courtney Cox is also a real person in this world who happens to look a lot like Gil Weathers. <laughs> Just That's like, why I think maybe like Gail's, Gail's hair looks so terrible in these movies to make <sighs> her look so different from Courtney Cox. Her hair uh -huh. is it's best in the first one. And it's not good in the first one. It gets it's like super, worse. super chunky blonde highlights in her very dark hair. And then she's oh, no, like, they're red highlights. No, no, in the first oh, one. The first, in the one, first yeah. one, it's like chunky blonde yep. with bangs and kind of like a, sh a shoulder length flip out. In this mm -hmm. one, it's a nice haircut. It's like a nice, a good fine. bob, yeah. but with like chunky red ass highlights. It's terrible. It's bad. And then the first <laughs> one, my God. This? The first one, it's like a prank. The third one's like a prank. It's like, it's like someone is just mean, mean to her at that point. Oh, wild. But yeah, I always laugh when it's like you're referencing a show that you're in because, like, do you just think that's a doppelganger that just happens to look just like you on the show? Um, I appreciated Joel, the cameraman, quitting because he's black and black folk don't surprise don't survive horror movies. He's like, hey, I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. Joel had some good lines. He was yeah. funny. There, I, we're not going to do potent quotables because there weren't a lot of po quotable lines here, but there was a whole thing where he's like, I'm going to go get some donuts, some coffee, some Prozac. Crack if I can find it. <laughs> like, MDMA. I'm like, okay. He's having fun. Yes, actually, like, if it's around, he's got a fun, fun little monologue there. But yeah, um, I really thought he was going to get killed as soon as he was out of sight after saying that. Uh, but nice yep. of him to like pop up at the end and be like, yeah, I was gone for everything. So I'm, I'm alive now. Could have been uh, cool if he was the killer. Black guy killer. Sure. Who would have thought of it? Well, it's just all we have is Candyman. And they reference Candyman in this movie too because they mentioned Ellie. Uh, Candyman's daughter, and I'm like, well, that, that feels racist, Randy. <laughs> We're not all related. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then you also have the, there's a whole thing of Debbie uh, conveniently losing 60 pounds and getting plastic surgery. I don't mind spoiling this. Debbie's the killer, you guys. Uh, one of the two killers, and she is Skeet Ulrich's mom from the first movie. Yeah. We're gonna get around to that whole ending scene, how ridiculous it is. But to to explain why. Uh, Sydney does not recognize her boyfriend's mom. No, she does immediately. No, she doesn't. No, she immediately, like, she immediately goes, Mrs. Loomis? That's the first time. So I was thinking she back on this. That? She had an interaction with oh, her. Okay. I That's right. Okay. Because I was watching okay. it going like, huh, Lori Metcalf. That's an interesting choice of some random like reporter from the small mm -hmm. town and i was like wait wait you've seen this movie you know what happens <laughs> yeah. like i bet she's billy loomis's mom and then you like as i was watching it, i was like oh yeah she only ever interacts with courtney cox she never interacts with nev okay there it is. There okay it is. that that makes more sense to me and that they they yeah. i think she's explaining why sydney doesn't recognize her then because sydney is like the expert on this case having written the book and no gail gail, doesn't gail. gail i'm sorry gail yeah, like she she kind of knows all the players and she's been around for this. So that was a nice touch. Like, oh, that's why you don't recognize her. She lost 60 pounds and got apparently the world's greatest plastic surgery because like she was good. you can't tell. She's yeah. young, <laughs> looks her age. But then like 
Sydney recognized her immediately. So it can't be like that. If I, I would have been fine if it's just been like, she's lost 60 pounds. That's fine. But then to say she also had plastic, plastic surgery, but then Sydney recognized her immediately. I was like, what did you spend your money on? Well, and also say, I'm an avid viewer of my 600 pound life. Make her lose like 400 pounds. Cause like 60 pounds, your face shape and your features aren't going to change that much. You go mm-hmm. from being, you know, 400 pounds to 130 pounds. You're a different looking person altogether. Um, I think the last little meta thing that pops up, they're, they're having this whole discussion about whether or not uh, Debbie Salt is dead at the end of the movie or not. And then Mickey pops up all insane screaming after being shot a few times and they shoot him like 500 more times. I laughed so hard. I feel like if yeah. you were shot three times and probably bleeding out, you're not yeah. going to hop up and go, yeah. <laughs> True. that's a crazy way to jump back up. But as soon as, as soon as I saw where he was shot, though, I'm like, oh, he's jumping back up. It's he's like, center mass. It, it, no, it's center mass, but it's like the edge of, of the center like, mass, like yeah. up in the Shoulders. shoulder. So yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, his, his, his arm's fucked up, but he's, he, he's going to take a rest. He's going to get his energy back. And he's popping up, and and he's he gonna do it. Up. He's gonna do it, Ola, fantastically. He's oh gonna jump God. up and just. That's gonna be who he is. That screaming. That's Timothy Olafant for you. He goes all out he every does. time. In Girl Next Door, he was doing the most. Yeah, he was so good in that. Really saved that film. He was mm-hmm. good in that. He was the only good part about that movie. Um, yeah. I did want to talk about the movie within the movie here that now I know is a Robert Rodriguez joint. Let's uh-huh. talk about yeah. Stab quick yeah yeah um the movie we see i think that the longest scene we see of it is the heather graham as drew barrymore scene in the beginning yes um, this would also fit in the meta part of this because the scene is heavily dramatized it's a very different scene than the first True. one um yeah. this to me felt like commentary on the whole based on a true story thing that you see with a lot of these movies because they kept the only detail that was consistent from the first movie to the second one is the popcorn detail. Mm-hmm. She's making the popcorn, mm. it's a jiffy pop, it's the same thing. Everything else is totally yeah. changed. Like, right. she was not getting in the shower in the first movie. She was mm-hmm. just kicking at home watching movies. They, they fully changed her house from like this really rural suburban Whoa. home into like a super fancy modern home, like glass yeah. everywhere and nice pool outside. Obviously, yeah. but there was a pool at the other house. But they're not going to like go to her home, and they're not going to spend time recreating it. I, right. It doesn't need to be like a shot for shot remake. This was like yeah. a, like a like a glass modern mansion that she was in. Right. Where is Steve? This was this <laughs> this was part of the movie at all. This this was like Cameron's house in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, like ultra yeah. mod, like so modern it's futuristic and non functional home. And more windows than walls. Yeah. Well, and the whole, I mean, in the first movie, the whole I thing could do that, a... <laughs> the you, windows. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. I thought you were going to go with HGTV and do a lover listing. Um, they, nah, it's okay. That's okay. The, the whole movie, the first movie, the whole thing is that Ghostface kills Steve. And then, like, she sees Steve and then she panics. They're, her boyfriend is not in this movie at all. They yeah. completely write him out. So yeah, I thought that was that was nice as like a wink of like this is based on a true story. We're changing fucking everything. Um, then you've got Tori Spelling as Sydney. There's an interview with Tori Spelling as Sydney. She gives away the surprise twist ending in the interview. She I literally said, that. "Yeah, she's doing an interview, and we know this is right after the movie has premiered." She's giving an interview, and she's like, "Yeah, I play a character who finds out that 
in the end of the movie, her boyfriend is a psychopathic killer. And I'm like, you're just going to save the whole twist at the end of the movie before anyone has seen it? That's um, interesting. I mean, are, are we supposed to assume that those murders were just so deep and within, like everybody in the country's heard about it, that it's not even worth keeping the ending you know, a secret because everyone knows? Maybe? I get that. However, yeah. however, I would have thought so. That would have made sense. When we yeah. see them at the at the sneak preview, the sneak screening or whatever, one of the girls who's in line behind Jada Pinkett is like, oh, no, like this movie's based on a, re- like these people really did die. This is based on a true story. She's like, oh my God, really? Well, that's Ohio. So like, it, 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 it takes like an extra six, seven years for stuff to, for info to make it there. I mean. I live know. in Iowa. Um, yeah. Everyone here knows the Velisca axe murders. I'd be surprised if anyone who wasn't from here knows the Velisca axe murders. Yeah. Hmm. Woo! There's a, there's a good uh, My Favorite Murder episode about that, but uh, it is horrifying and really fucking scary. So I'm guessing they were that. they were axe murders that took place in a place called Velisca. Yeah, nice. and it, they might have been they might have been part of a whole string of other axe murders. Um, Velisca mm-hmm. at the time was like a railroad town. And there's a theory that a dude was like hopping the rails, st- stopping at some random town, getting off and murdering an entire family, and then getting back on the train and going somewhere else. Maybe the axe man from New Orleans made his way up to... That's, that's part of the what theory. Was it? Yeah. I was joking. Really? Yep. That's part of the theory <laughs> that he... Yeah. That okay. he could have, could have been the same dude. Like, there's a lot of axe murders that were happening that were similar, and they're yeah. all in towns with railroads in them. So it could have been the Christ. same dude. This is before okay. we had any kind of like CODIS. So yeah, right. all the same thing. Um, we do get blessed with the appearance of Owen Wilson as Skeet Ulrich. Uh, Luke! It's Luke. Oh, I'm sorry, Luke Wilson, the dark-haired Wilson. I laughed yes. so fucking hard. <laughs> this is chef's kiss brilliant. Everything mm-hmm. about it. The hair is fully insane, all in his face. Skeet greasy. greasy. He looks like he's 35 playing a high yeah. school student. Like, And they got the dialogue exactly like it happened. Yes, the, it's it amazing how... Word for how? word of the same dialogue. How'd they it's do it? so good. <laughs> God, that had me laughing. Um, I didn't I'm laugh. innocent, Sydney. They, they had to let me go. When my yeah. mom left, you know, I, we just, you gotta get over it, Sydney. Uh, stupid. It's so stupid. Your mom left. My mom's dead. dead. Coming yeah. back. Tremendous. Um, they they did cast a total nobody to play Randy in a cast of superstars for everyone else, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, you know, of course, the guy who cared more than anybody else who plays him in the movie is being played by like a nobody. That's yeah. And and fuck Jamie Kennedy. I I'm fine with that happening. Yeah. Um, and then of course we get David Schwimmer as Dewey, and I would love to watch late '90s Schwimmer play a bungling cop. Yes. I would really enjoy that. I was not a Friends fan. I've seen a lot of Friends. Oh. My wife loves Friends. Eh. I, I haven't I, watched I, it. I haven't watched it in years, but at the time, big fan. You know, listeners come at me. I've watched probably 80 episodes. I haven't smiled once. I'm like, I don't get why this was a hit. I don't understand it. You, ha- I think you had to watch it during that time. I have not watched it in like years. So I cannot attest to how well it stands the test of time. Yeah. But in the moment, Loved it. I mean, loved it. Sex preamble, loved it. Um, my my good good college friends Brooke and Biddy, who I know both listen, they were super fans of it, and I spent a lot of time in their dorm room in their house. My wife loves it. I've seen a lot of it, and just like I don't know what we're laughing at. Like I don't know what's funny in this show at all. Um, 
So yeah, that was all the the stab content. I could have used more stab content. That was funny. That was good comic relief. Uh, I did want to, at this point, get into all the different kills that happened in this movie, because there's a fucking lot of them. And I wanted to kind of go through them and sort of give our impressions here. Uh, the first one is Omar Epps. Um, he gets hmm. stabbed through the side of the head in a bathroom stall, which, like, that's what you get for being nosy. Fuck yeah. are you doing? Just yeah. missing it out. Like, he's in the but bathroom. There's two <sighs> ghost faces that are peeing. So he goes to pee in a stall, tries to open the stall door. The stall door is locked. So yeah. he goes the next stall over. Maybe my audio wasn't turned up enough. Was What did he think he was hearing in the next stall? Someone just, like, they were doing something. like, mommy. Don't it was some I I I watched it with the uh, subtitles and then they were saying there was somebody in in, in the next one who was kind of like whispering, saying weird things in the next stall, and that made him get his ear closer. It drew him in. Yeah. Get back to your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He was intrigued by like also like you're not putting your head that close to anything in a bathroom. He put his Um, whole face up on the bathroom stall wall. He's just like, let me just put my mouth on. <laughs> <laughs> tongue on there. Yeah. Um, I just felt it was an impressive stab because I feel like those like divider, I don't know, at least the dividers, maybe now the quality or, you know, a decade, two and a half decades later almost. Um, I feel like it's pretty intense plastic. Like yeah. you, mm. you jammed a whole like, I guess that's like a hunting knife. Set, but I don't know. I thought it was impressive yeah. to go well, through the, the plastic stall through his skull. I had the same mm-hmm. thought. That is the world's it's strongest knife. It's about, it's, about a, it's about a half inch thick worth of particle board just sitting in between you and another yeah. person. Particle just board. Okay. Even I, particle board to go through I, that and then through a skull. I thought it was that hard plastic. I, I would have thought the hard, like, what do you call that? Like the composite plastic is what I thought. Yeah, could be. What I thought yeah. it was. And frankly, um, great aim, because like you don't yeah. know where his head is on the stall wall because like, you can't see. Yeah. So that was pretty impressive. Um, I, I don't know why it happened. Uh, I don't know the purpose of just killing a random dude who happened no. to be in a movie theater bathroom. They tell you why. It's the names. Well, sure. How did the killer know his name? Were they friends? Well, we have no reason. How do you know who you see? His, you see okay. his feet. <laughs> you see his one feet, of, and you know that's who it is. One of the two killers is sent there as a spy slash. Um, someone to just track everyone and just do recon. Uh, Mickey is his tuition is paid for, so he can be on campus and see everything that's going on. So I'm guessing part of it was well, we 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 need to find similar names. Yeah, and you take care of that, and we'll 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 kill him. Yeah, All right. it just it just felt so stupid to me. It, like, it's very stupid. You're not. I'm not going to tell you then you have the Jada Pinkett stabbing. She stabbed during the movie. Again, mm-hmm. I guess this is this goes with Dave's recon theory. Not only did the killer kill her boyfriend, also knew exactly where she was sitting in a dark theater to go and like sit dark. next to her. It was, dark, that's dark true. It's well lit. It's very well lit. But like knew yes. where to go find her and sit next to her to stab her to death. Mm-hmm. This this whole death felt like it belonged in urban legend to me. Like this felt like mm. oh someone was killed in a theater during a like a movie where and frankly it's deeply disturbing to watch this considering the guy who shot people during the Forever Purge in July exact same scenario. Dan, you seem confused. Yeah, there was I think it was opening weekend for the Forever Purge. Um, I think this was in Minneapolis. 
Um, but yeah, there was there was a it was a, a TikTok person. Um, That's right. Was okay. There with, like, That's on right. A date, and yeah, the dude shot them during the Forever Purge, like during a shooting scene, and no one in the theater realized there was an actual shooting happening in there because the movie was loud enough, and he just like walked Whoa. out afterward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this felt. I mean, the stabbing went on forever. She was dying for a very long time. Uh, yeah. I did appreciate that at the end of it, the audience was like, oh, like this is not part of the show. Like a woman is dead now. Um, so that was a nice touch. But so that was the second kill. Um, we get Cece being stabbed and then thrown off the balcony. Hot take, I know, but Cece deserved to die. She made an unlimited number of bad decisions. Yes. She's home alone, gets a creepy yeah. car, um, yeah. goes outside, you know, smart move. Then goes back inside for no reason. Right. He ran upstairs, then ran up more stairs with yeah. the killer chasing her. You have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's sad that she's dead. I feel bad for her family. This is a tragedy for all who knew and loved her. But you had it coming. I also, outside of the whole names thing, I can't explain why this death happened either. There had What's to be someone on campus who's really named Casey. There might not have been. <laughs> it could be a small campus. It is, I, I think it might be a small school. It's a small school with a film school, a dedicated Kinser? film school. Yeah, and a full yeah. functional theater. Let's find a small college with a school of film. That's pretty rare. Usually, that that's reserved for big universities. USC, big endowments. Yeah, um, you're yeah. not wrong. I'm just saying. In yeah. this yeah. film, I, yeah, it no was, one else was named Casey or yeah. in this campus. Also, a strange kill to stab and then what's that? Uh, defenestrate throw out a window. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a strange choice to toss someone off a balcony like this. You could have just kept on stabbing. I don't know why you would choose to go off the balcony. For pizzazz, for showmanship, so. to draw attention. Mm-hmm. Because if they just, like, stabbed her, and she, like, no one might have found her for a while. They needed to, like, draw people away from the martini mixer because that's something that happens in college. No, a keg of Keystone, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's more like well, it. Well, Jerry O'Connell during that scene had, had it right. He, he had a Mickey's hand yes. grenade, which grenade. I respected big time. Listen, we used to drive, we used to get on the, on the train and go from Naperville to Chicago. And uh, turns out you can just drink on a train, which sure is can. fantastic. I used to get a 40 of Mickey's whenever I would go up from um, Naperville to that city. It was great. Lit up. Only one? Uh, I think I would get two. I would have one on the train and then like have one for later on because I knew having 80 ounces in me, I was going to want to pee in that train. And I would duct tape them to my hands. And I invented Edward Forty. I, I am Brian. That's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> then we do have uh, Randy being stabbed in the news van. My notes literally say, thank God Randy is dead. Like I, I don't like Randy. I don't like Jamie Kennedy. I don't like Randy. Yeah, like, um, why, did, why did we like Jamie Kennedy? What were we doing? What's this we business? No, I meant, like, feel like... As a, as a society? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, why was he in movies? Why did he have a TV show? Why did the Jamie like, what Kennedy was, experience thing happen? Yeah. I don't know. I what can't explain it. What's that, like, that movie he played where he's, like, a rich rapper, gangster? Um, kidnapped? Yeah. Malibu's Most Wanted. Yep. That played on Campus Movie Channel so much. I, I don't know why we're supposed to like him. I'm, I'm happy his career is over. Like, I don't, I don't miss him in things at all. Um, yeah. I did think the blood dripping out of the van felt a little bit excessive. That's a lot of blood. He was just a nice bag touch. full of blood. Oh, he um, got knifed. He, he, he got knifed big time, so there would have been a yeah. lot of blood flow. There was a, lot, was overkill, a lot of stabbing. 
It was a lot. Which makes sense when we know who the killer is. That really yeah. worked out. Yeah. Um, um, I guess the only thing I was going to say, I know we're talking about the kills, but the only thing I was impressed with is after, like, Cece's death, um, so many cop cars go flying to her sorority house, and I was mm-hmm. like, there are so many police at this college yeah. where whatever college was an urban legend, they had one cop. just Loretta Divine. <laughs> one cop. Just yeah. the yeah. home, Loretta Divine. This is the safest the campus place. in the U.S. And this place had, like, I swear to God, five cop cars pulled up. Yeah, immediately, like, like within seconds. Impressive. Uh, yeah. Poor, now, little, poor little Loretta. Just yeah, gonna... she's out there by herself with no backup. Oh, I mean, so they, they even let her just like bleed out after she gets shot. <laughs> like you're not gonna yeah. back up. You're just here by yourself. Yeah. Um, then this one has an asterisk. It's Dewey being stabbed while Gail watches. Uh, doesn't die, but you know, as as a as a viewer, we're supposed to believe he's dead. Um, this is really well done. Like the setup was great. The suspense leading up to it was very good. The soundproof glass was a nice touch because you see him like, yeah. try to alert her and she can't hear him. Um, I also it was like a really creative way to see Gail or for Gail to see Dewey like stabbed to death in full color and full lighting and stuff. Like, that was yeah. that was an effective kill for me. Yeah. So, a question about this sure yeah. so i think like i was thinking about it before um you know in the final sequence the final showdown uh-huh. but like i wonder if they're like you know if they had a, had ideas for where to kill people and then we're like how do we get them you know like if they were like <laughs> this is the way we're to kill everybody how do we make that happen? oh yeah. you know it'd be cool like you know like adr boost suite and like soundproofing yeah great how do we make that happen okay well randy goes to college with sydney so he would want to go to a film it just seemed like that you can see they like the machinations backwards. are like yeah. Yeah. they're Rube struggling at work yet again yeah they're like you could you could see the flop sweat to make some of this shit go yeah. down it, it smacks of effort to quote nelson yes. from simpsons um but i thought it was a nice kill I mean, yeah. it was a good scene, like, watching, she's a good enough actress to, like, really carry the horror of the moment of, like, watching this go down. He is not. His yeah. physical acting of being stabbed was Henry Winkler or Jace. Yeah. But I thought she was good at, like, reacting to it. She was he good. He didn't feel it, because he has nerve damage right away. Oh, yes. damn. Now he, he got stabbed right in his nerve damage parts. I mean, he didn't yeah. feel her titty in his hand when that happens, I guess. That, possible. and, uh... <laughs> What else? Oh, he, when when he steps in the old pizza and he's like, "Oh, this is yeah. the worst thing that could have happened." Yeah. Oh it's no. Sticky, Why sticky, sticky pizza. I don't know. Why. Well, oh, okay. It's the, the the pizza must not be that old. It's probably from that day, but somebody left it there, and he's like, "Ah, oh, my shoe should be sticky." Oh, jeez. Turn it. Uh, there steps, are steps, there steps, are two steps. cops in this movie that are assigned to like watch over Sydney. They both died basically at the same time. The first cop gets stabbed to death in the car by Ghostface. It's a very standard stabbing, which to me means this cop was not that good at copping. Yeah. No. And then the other cop gets a pole through his head because uh, of a car accident. That was pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. That was rough. They were making bad jokes. All I wrote oh in my, my thing God. was like, yeah. the cop's jokes aren't funny, but I can't remember what they were saying now. But um, I remember I didn't like it. I just remember one of them was like, Sydney was like, where are you taking us? And he leans back and goes, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Ha ha ha. I forget what the other one was, but it was along those same lines. It was so bad. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and they don't have like an escort. I thought that was weird. I was like, it's just going to be the two of you? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. No police escort, no squad car. Through all, I mean, we know they have a lot of cops on campus, and we don't give them any kind of any kind of help. Yeah. Um, we get Hallie, who gets stabbed to death three seconds after saying they should just run away. Uh, yeah. Gotta have your head on a swivel, man. Be aware right. of your surroundings. He wasn't. It wasn't right. like he popped out of the bush. He was standing next to her. Yeah. <laughs> like. No, he's off camera. So it's like camera, it's like he's not even there. He was. He was there. right nearby. Um, Derek got shot to death, and I have a lot of questions. Uh, number one, how did this happen? He was tied up to this big scaffolding or whatever that big thing was. It's yeah. from the play. The, yeah. It's from the play. Well, but he was at the... Okay. He, I'll walk you through it. Please, I need ask you to, because I thought he was at the frat humiliation party. May he I was, tell you where the frat... Humi- so... Yes, here it comes. Help me with this. Yeah. Real so, um, they sow some seeds of uh, sow in the seed oh. of distrust <laughs> of Derek because you know what's her name? Sydney's last boyfriend kills yeah. her mother and tries to murder her. So they start sowing some seeds of don't trust Jerry O'Connell as uh, Derek because he gets cut sure. in the arm with no nerve damage. And they, yeah. you know, scatter some other things. And at some point, for some reason, that I, that's, I would like you to explain it to me, but at some point he's in the cafeteria and he jumps on the table and starts oh, singing God. the Partridge Family's I Think I Love You at her. Yeah. yeah. Terribly and off-key. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that, he gives her his letters, which I guess yes. is the same thing as, like, pinning, because that he was like a big deal. He steady, basically, yeah. Yeah. Very so, old-timey. Getting pinned was like a big deal at Lehigh and like we'd have whole, you'd have like a whole ceremony and like a dinner. It was a very Snap. big deal. Um, so he gives her the letters and then everybody's like, oh no, his brothers are supposed to, are going to kill him because like you're never supposed to give your letters away. But also it's like, I guess it's like, but it happens in a tradition and part of it is getting your brothers are going to come like kidnap you in the middle of the night. Or whatever. They're gonna jawbreaker you, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna jawbreaker you. Uh, and they took him to party on the stage of the Is production of Cassandra. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was real confused. I yes. thought my notes just have this as the setting was just frat humiliation party. So mm. I thought that they like took him to their frat house and yeah. had like rigged up on this thing there. No, no they, you, okay. you, you, you find out later when, when, because it actually ends on the stage and, and you see beer cans mm-hmm. and like food plates and shit and all sorts of stuff just scattered a around. A crew from the play. Yeah, no, so there, they, like, there, okay. there was a party there and they just yeah. left wow. him tied up. Okay, that yeah. explains a lot of my questions because I was like, how did they transport him across campus attached to this thing? Did no one notice that they just walked out with him? Although that raises a second question. When the party was over, everyone just left him there tied up to this yeah. thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's real it's, fucked It's up. supposed to be an embarrassment. And Put him up in the rafters too. It wasn't like you, yeah. he wasn't on the stage, right? No, he was, he was, he was tied up. On the yeah. pulley system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. That does help my understanding a lot. Cause I'm like, what are we doing here? Thank you, Dana. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think he was the killer. To me, it was like too derivative to have the boyfriend twice. Yes. But Correct. I was shocked. He just got shot like mid sentence. It was there was no lead up. He just got shot in the chest. Yeah. That was rough. Uh, this other one has an asterisk as well, because you have Gail being shot in the side. Um, very sudden. Because it's like an abrupt. errant, it's an errant 
Um, yeah. Mickey's arm is like, I think Mickey just got shot. I think it's like a, it's like a reaction thing. Like he hears a noise, yeah. he like fires at it because Gail's. No, Gale... I thought he got. Sh- he gets. Debbie shoots him. Oh, I thought. Right. Yeah. And he's oh, like, yeah. He's yeah. like, Whoa! And he pulls yeah. You've, you've served your purpose. Goosh, yeah. goosh, goosh. You killed me. Like, Blah. Blah. Yeah. One shot. That one. And she's like, My side. Oh, <laughs> no major organs. I'll yeah. pop. Oh, I'm going to fall over. No, but she she's was... goes. She's gone. She, yeah, she falls into the orchestra pit, which is full of prop smoke. Um, uh, she seemed to be like, like Dave said, fully unaffected by being shot. <laughs> like she later, but for well, a solid she, twenty minutes, we think she's dead. I think she was more injured from falling into the orchestra pit from being shot in the side. Like she, I think yeah. she like, sprained her ankle. Was kind of what happened yeah. there. Um, yeah. Our third asterisk is Mickey getting shot three times by Debbie. Um, again, very strange to me to see people being shot all over the place in a movie where the killer famously uses a knife. It's like if Freddy Krueger just got a gun all of a sudden. That's like, well, no, you have a weapon. Well, I think that shows that, like, that's why, like, the copycats aren't as good as the original because they're just like... Yeah, but they (laughs) They, don't use the gun. gun at the end. Well, I guess they They were going to use it. They killed Tatum by, you know, shoving her in the garage door thing. Um... (laughs) But I just, I know we're, we're talking about the kills here, but Laurie Metcalf is Mrs. Loomis. The look the on eyes. her face, yes. Dana's doing crazy eyes right now. Oh. Oh. I, I want to go back and rewatch it because I think they just used the exact same shot of her face three times. They cut from her shooting to him getting shot and back and forth. And I think yeah. they just like repurposed the exact same footage of her shooting him. I don't think Lori <laughs> blinked. Her, the whole the whole entire time, I think she makes like her eyes just get buggy and they stay that way. Yeah. Lori is committed to this crazy revenge fantasy character she's playing. Oh, she's doing a lot of work. She's doing John. No, my son was a good Sydney. boy. He was not a good boy. No, he's a bad. Boy. You could refute she... everything she said just by saying that is also not true. She was that's not mother. true. Yeah. Broke up my family. Yeah, your family deserved to be broken up. They're just bad. You're all bad people. Yeah, yeah. aggressive John Taffer eyeballs. Like, that was a lot to look at. Um, so then we have uh, Debbie who gets shot by Cotton. Um, again, a lot of shooting for a movie about stabbing people. Um, huh? My notes just say like that's what you get for giving a 10 minute, 10 minute long Bond villain soliloquy before killing the one person you actually care about killing. True. She has her there. No one is around. Her whole thing is, I'm going to kill you and then escape before anyone gets here and they will think it was Mickey who killed you. Yeah. And then she explains that for 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> like, just, and, just kill her. And then Nev, start, or not Nev, sorry, Sydney starts using what are quite impressive special effects for this college production of mm-hmm. whatever the hell this play is. She's Goodness. just... She puts the lightning on and the thunder yeah. sound I don't know effects why she and the was fire. Doing Dropping rocks from, from just everywhere, just Dropping falling giant rocks. styrofoam rocks. Yes, yeah, yeah. styrofoam rocks. The way the rocks fall onto Debbie's character. And then she gets, I was like, yo, those motherfuckers are made out of foam. And they like, foreshadowed that. They showed yes. one falling down by accident when we saw her doing her speech before. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it bounced. <laughs> it was yeah. real. And I, in my notes, I'm like, did they replace these with real bricks? Oh no, she's fine because it was styrofoam that fell on her. 
Yeah, but, but then, they make it such a big deal when like Sydney like chops that one court. Also, I think the play is supposed to be premiering in two nights. They're not premiering. The, you the don't set is need re- the axe. It's no. ruined. The set is it's just ruined. It's ruined. Ruined. What had me really right. cracking up? They make a big deal of showing her turn on the lightning and then like run over and shake the big metal thing to make thunder. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> <sighs> that was Cotton. insane. And then Cotton shows up and makes a deal, which yeah. I thought was also very stupid. Like, well, you can always, Sid, can always do that interview. Diane Sawyer. She's a class X, Sydney. Come on. Thank God. Can, consider it done. Boom. Like this. Wow, in the face. It's Crash been out. revoked. Cotton <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So then. Mickey, uh, again, he pops up. He gets shot a billion times with Sydney and Gale. They both just fully empty their clips on this dude. If neither one of them did. It would have made sense for, like, one of them to hold their gun sideways <laughs> the number of times they shot him. Like, it was mm. so silly to look at them shooting the hell out of him. And then, yeah, Dave's doing it. And then we, we finally get the last, the last, like, this isn't really a kill, but Debbie gets shot in the head one more time by Sydney who I think could catch a felony charge for desecrating a corpse. Like, you, you shot a dead person in the, in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, is she dead? I don't know. Check her fucking pulse. Check like, any other movie, it'd be like, let me just, let me hit up that wrist. Yeah. Let me get Hold that. the gun on her and check her pulse. Yeah, put a mirror has, under her nose, something. She hasn't blinked in three minutes. I know she didn't blink before either, but at this point, her eyelids are relaxed, and she's just, like, staring blankly up at the air. Like, she's, she's clearly dead. Laurie Metcalf, uh, MVP of this film. Oh, God, yeah, and Jackie, always doing the most. Um, so good. That was, yeah, those are all the kills in this movie. Um, I did want to also break down the big reveal that we get. Um, we, you know, we, we've, we've kind of talked about it. Essentially, for those who don't know, here's what it is. So Debbie is Chris's mom from the first movie, Skeet Ulrich's mom. Um, she is out to get her revenge on Sydney because Sydney's mom stole her husband and also Sydney she blames Sydney for her son dying in the first movie um, I understand her motivation I get why she would do this uh, she obviously can't get revenge on Sydney's mom because she's dead so she wants to get revenge on Sydney and she blames Sydney for her son's death okay I got all that the Mickey of it all made no sense to me whatsoever. I don't, I have a lot of questions. Um, First of all, from a filmmaking standpoint, Mickey was gone for minimum one solid hour of this movie. I think the last time we saw him was when Jerry O'Connell was singing in the cafeteria. Yeah. I I think he was there for that, which is pretty early on in the movie. I think at that point, who had died? Was Cece dead yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that would And maybe after... Dewey just died? No, that was before no. Dewey, because Dewey died the last night. Uh, okay. so Randy, maybe? They're, they're in order here. Hold on, let me go to my list. So Cece mm-hmm. died. Randy Randy was still alive. Randy. Oh, sorry, I meant Randy, but you're right. Oh, I think yeah, Randy was, that was still alive. Randy so yeah, this, this, so so far the only deaths have been Omar Epps, Jada Pinkett, and Cece. Mm-hmm. Um so that was, there are, let me count here, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
there are 10 more deaths before he pops back up. <laughs> like he's, when he showed up, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot all the fantastic was in this. If you would have told me he'd been murdered and I forgot about it, I'd be like, yeah, probably. I get that. I could have forgotten about him. It'd be very strange to me to have him be the killer when I'm like, you're basically a cameo in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then his whole defense was going to be... Uh, what was that? Movies was that? made me do it. Movies? His, his defense movies was going to be movies made me do it. Uh-huh. I yeah. don't know what... Okay. So he has this whole talk about how he wanted to do it because it would allow him to mount the defense of movies and we do it in court. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he wants that. Like he seems like pumped to make this defense. Yeah. Uh, does he have a problem with violence in movies? We, we get that scene of him in film studies, but we don't really get the impression that he's like, oh, there's too much violence in film. Is he just hungry for the attention or does he specifically want to mount this defense so that it can fail in court and then he can give a big middle finger to Tipper Gore and see Dolores Tucker? Sure. I, I don't know uh-huh. why he was like, oh, I killed all these people so I can go in court and say the movies made me do it. And I'm like, Dude, okay, it's, why? It's, it's really weird. I mean, Aunt yeah. Jackie explains that she's like, she made it sound like she was trying to recruit a serial killer. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I checked all around the country. You have to get them when they're young, you know, <laughs> so you can really, you can really nurture their talent, send oh, them God. to where they can be of most use. Um, She's you know, like small the original Dexter's dad. She's yeah, like, she recruited him. Yeah, yeah. She, she's like, if it, you're gonna do this anyway, you're out of your fucking mind. You're gonna kill people wherever you are. So why don't you just go uh, do these things for me while you're also, you know, killing. Who I tell you to at first, uh, based on these parameters, but then just go out. Yeah, go for it. Kill whoever. Enjoy. Enjoy. I think the Mikey character was probably whatever. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Oh, fantastic! Is it to? I'm thinking it is actually another meta thing of the commentary because I'm sure there was a lot of hullabaloo about how vibe, like how cool scream the first made i'm sure there was so i'm sure it's it's meant to be like a commentary on like y'all are fucking ridiculous saying we're making kids violent and we're gonna make a character that's gonna sit like make and repeat your same things to make you look like idiots because he's like bob dole will be up there on the stand defending it and i was like bob dole bob dole bob dole bob dole Bob Dole says, no, rest in peace. Pen. He's dead, right? That's a man. No. He's not dead yet? No. Oh, my God. He, no, he, hold on. I'm he's gonna, not I think dead. He's dead. He's not dead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna he's not dead. dead. I gotta find No, because Norm MacDonald died, and he sent condolences. Oh, my God. Because right. he, he played he, him on SNL. He's yeah. 97 or 98. He's 98. Right. He's yeah. alive. My apologies. He is Bob still Dole. alive. Oh Again, Bob Dole, is, Bob Dole is going to miss. Bob Dole is going to miss. Norm Nor, Nor McDonald. Love Norm McDonald. Bob oh Dole. my God. But, but he like, it wasn't like magically he would start using that arm. He put no. a pen in it. So, and no, it just, so you can't shake my hand. I got a pen. I'm holding a pen. Yeah. <laughs> you can't shake it. But it yeah. wasn't like a, it wasn't a, um, a Dewey situation where no. sometimes that arm works, sometimes no. it doesn't. It did just, not come and go. His arm was always Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Yeah. Um, That's, was, wow. Wow. Uh, 
So yeah, I just, I kind of feel like I, I needed an explanation for why he was doing this. And frankly, I think it would have been better if you remove Aunt Jackie from the movie and just have Mickey be a guy who has legitimately been driven to kill by watching all these movies. Yes. Like that to me is a better way to do this. He's like a super horror movie fanatic. You can have him ape all the things from all the horror movies. Have him do like a Jason thing. Have him do yeah. a Michael Myers thing. Like have him do a Frey Hoover. I'm not sure how he would do a pinhead thing, but have him do a Hellraiser thing. Because <laughs> that's a fun killer. Like do that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I looked at Bob Dole. His hands are terrifying. Sorry. He's 98. Yeah. I'm very, very distracted. I'll, I'm squeezing I'll, the hell out of a pin for 70 years. I'll share the picture of that really just <laughs> give too much for me. I saw your face and I'm like, I don't even want to know what's happening here. Yeah, you made a terrifying face. Hey, hey, he he fought for your freedom. Okay. My, he can yeah. fit him in. He killed. He always reminded me of, of Cotton Hill. Even he's though he's Cotton not, Hill. He's 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 not that crazy Southern. He's no, a, he's Southern. He's from Kansas. It's even I know. Yeah. Eh, sort of. Great yeah, Plains. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I killed. Fit him in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was the whole the whole kind of the questions that I had about how this whole thing worked out with Mickey. Um, I did want to see, do you guys have a, a clue of who was responsible for these individual murders? Like, I think Mickey had to be the one who did the first two at the theater because there was mm -hmm. like no reason for Debbie to kill those two random people. Yeah, We know Debbie killed Randy because he was talking trash about her son. Yeah. And we know that Mickey killed Derek because he had his hat, his, his mask off for that one. Do we have any guesses on who killed the other people? No. I thought Mickey did, did all the killing and she was the recruiter. Yeah, uh, that would work too. But That's what we, I thought. Know, we know that he killed, that she killed Randy. Yeah, she does admit to that. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, because he was talking trash about her son and that drove her like insane at the last minute. There we go. So I get okay. that. But yeah, they, it just, it felt very hard for me to figure it out. And it's kind of like, you know, we, we knew that it couldn't have been Derek that was the killer unless there were two. Because we saw Derek outside while... Ghostface was terrifying um, Sydney inside. Uh, but you know, I just had a very hard time trying to, and they don't have like a similar build. <laughs> it's no. not no. like they look the same. No. So, yeah, that was that was I think he I think he's like six one. I doubt I don't think she's that kind of tall. <laughs> she's gotta be like um, five six if that is so, so, so there's immediately that there's gonna be that kind of a difference. Like yeah. put put both of them in the scream mask and the scream like the full black cape and no way they're going to look similar. No. I, I don't know. No. Yeah, yeah I think anything that was like super duper physical had to have been done by Ola Fantastic because Sexist. like, oh, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. he's not putting in the effort to like be able to throw Buffy the Vampire Slayer out of, no. So I'll pay no. for this and shit. I, I don't know if it. she'd be able to stab through the bathroom wall Probably either. Not. I don't know. I, I, Probably she, not. It had to be him killing Dewey. Or stabbing Dewey. Yeah. It had to be him. Um, Dewey. I, now, uh, I, I did want to do a quick mic check here. Mic check one, two, one, two. Mic check one, two. Microphone check one, two. There wasn't a whole lot of music in the movie in general. There was like a score that now we know was a Hans Zimmer sample. Um, it opened with D'Angelo. Did it? Uh-huh.
What song? A song written. A song written by Prince. She's always in my hair. Wow. So I was like, oh, black people to open the movie. Yeah, the Angelo song. Among the blackest artists you can imagine. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it? Untitled. That how does it feel? Yeah. It, that I did not understand as a kid watching that video that he's like receiving fellatio the entire time. <laughs> like I did not get that. Like oh, he's just like a like a sexy naked man singing, looking down a whole lot. Feeling yeah. So uh, his, if you guys haven't seen D'Angelo on SNL from a few years ago, it is amazing. Um, he has put on Val Kilmer weight. Like, he's probably, like, oh, no. 270 pounds now. He's not the super jacked guy that he was. God damn, is he good, though. Like, his performances in SNL, I'm like, this is top-notch Black Jesus shit he's doing. It's really, really great. Um, aside from that, though, there were very few actual songs in the movie. Um, we talked the Eels, about, Your Lucky Day in Hell. Bill recognized a lot of these. I, I didn't know. I mean, there were, there were a couple of songs, but, like, I didn't recognize many of them. We talked yeah. about uh, the song Red Right Hand um, mm-hmm. by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds in the first screen. Yeah. A, a legitimately perfect song for a horror movie. Like yeah. the, the vocals, the, the music, it is a perfect song for a horror movie. I was so happy to see them bring it back for this one and keep on going back to it. With Red Right Hand. Oh, it's also the Peaky Blinder song too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's all over Peaky Blinders. It is amazing. And I'm like, this song hey, is a blinders. Okay. Peaky <laughs> Blinders. Peaky Blinders. I've not I've not watched it yet in oh, no God. small part because my wife cannot handle a British accent. She subtitles. gets very upset. You you They're must watch it with subtitles. Oh. They're not British. They, they are Romany. Oh. From like they, they Irish Irish Wanderers? Uh, it's Did like a nicer caravan? way to call them like gypsies, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but that's they call them travelers. Yeah, yeah travelers, travelers is, is the yeah. nice travelers. way. I, I've I've seen every episode of um, my big fat American gypsy wedding and Gypsy Sisters, so I'm very read up on the Romney culture. As but a, yeah, as but it's not. It, it I guess it is. They are British accents, but they're like lowbrow. Yeah. But yeah, just put the subtitles on. You are not going to understand it fucking word they're saying without Listen, it. I watched I watched The Nevers on HBO Max, which is a phenomenal first season of a TV show. I had to have the yeah. captions on for that shit too. Couldn't understand all one word they said. Um, so yeah, there was there was Red Right Hand and then the other song I wanted to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a song called Suburban Life by Cottonmouth. Are you serious? Okay. Oh, I don't they play it. That. They, they play it maybe eight seconds. It's the song that's played on the boombox when Randy's getting killed and three dudes have to wander by with a yeah. giant boombox. And they're dancing. Big yeah. A little way. Suburban life. The yeah. American train. Listen, so I went through a very serious Cottonmouth Kings phase. Um, like freshman, it must have been freshman year of high school. Danny, yeah. you didn't have the box. That's why you didn't know this. I guess. Um, bump. Bump. Bump, was a bump. Song. bump, bump, bump. That's the sound of the people that hit in my trunk. Not bump the BBK. Bump, bump, bump. No, that, no. Okay. Not quite. <laughs> bump was a song by Cottonmouth Kings. Cottonmouth Kings, how am I going to describe them? They were a white rap group. Yeah. I would say if you took ICP or Twisted and removed all the makeup and the weird clown shit and just made them stoners instead, 
That's basically it. They were like white trash suburban dudes who, they sounded vaguely Southern, I would guess, but the album Royal Highness came out when I was a freshman in high school. It is an album that every song is about weed. It's like um, a Cypress Hill album. Every song is just exclusively about drugs and about weed. This song in particular, Suburban Life, is so stupid and silly. It is so angsty. Um, The chorus is suburban life ain't what it seems. Suburban life, the American dream. Suburban life, so pretty and clean. Suburban life, it ain't what it seems. And then you get the- Fuck the system. Fuck the system. System's got you, but it won't get me. They were very weird, like very anti-establishment for some reason. But when that song came on for eight seconds as these random dudes, the boombox, happened to walk by a murderous, I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. Yeah. You could not pick a stupider song for this moment. I was so happy. I was looking at the rest of the, I was looking at the rest of the soundtrack too. It's like, there's like the eighth best song by a lot of big artists were included (laughs) on the soundtrack. It's Um, like, isn't isn't Dave Matthews on there somewhere? One of the at parties the, I was at, playing. At that martini party, it was a Dave yeah. Matthews song that I'd never heard of before. Wow. It's called Help Myself. Anybody? Oh, that one. Nope. No? Uh, there's an Everclear song called The Swing. Yep. Nope. I Shazam that one. Uh, fighter song called Dear Lover. I bet Eric Ramon knows it. I don't know that shit. Uh, John oh, Spencer that's... Blues Explosion song called Right Place, Wrong Time. And have been a right place. I knew that been a wrong it was, time. A, it was a cover, but yeah, it was a, like a serious, like a darker cover of that song. Yeah. Um, did Master P do a song for Screen? Probably called Scream. All of everything at the time. He's on the soundtrack. There's a song called Scream that I've never heard of before. Yeah, Master P is such a weird footnote in hip hop history. He was a huge deal for what three years, if that. Yeah. Popped up on WCW, somehow signed Snoop Dogg to his label. <laughs> it was a weird moment in hip hop. Is he Cash Money Millionaires? No. No, he's No Limit All Stars. No he's Limit All Stars. No Limit Soldiers. Yeah, no Limit Soldiers. Um, him, C Murder, Silk the Shocker, Mystical, yeah. who is a bad person. Yeah, and if you, and if you yeah. listen through to the uh, credits, you can hear a Less Than Jake cover of "I Think I Love You." That's if if you like Less Than Jake, it it, it hits the what a bad it, it hits song the to pick. It's a and really, really bad song. Mikey, Mickey, whatever. I keep calling him Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Um, Ola Fantastic's character is like, oh, he's doing Tom Cruise, Top Gun. And I'm like, no, he's not, because that's a good song that they uh-huh. never close your eyes. And that singing is... <laughs> Four octaves deeper than you should be. It's just as bad. <laughs> when I kiss your lips. Yeah. Um, All of and- typo negative showed up. <laughs> <laughs> At my school, they made... Uh, I guess for some reason, just freshman year, when we were there during preseason, a lot of the sports teams wound up like being in the cafeteria at the same time. So they would like haze the new uh, freshman football players. And one of them had to like get up and sing that song. And a couple of them had to sing to like one of the girls on, I think the soccer team or it might've been the field hockey team. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but it's like a, no one liked the Partridge fan. Was that was that Parker's family, or was that like a, a David Cassidy solo effort? I don't care. It's all the same. It, it's the same. He, yeah, it was David Cassidy as whatever Partridge he played on that show, basically. But yeah, Dickie. I don't know. Dickie Partridge. Dickie Partridge. Um, <laughs> guys, 
Um, one of the things that we like to do on this pod is take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this movie was the start of big things or the peak of their whole career. So it's time for an IMDb deep dive. Uh, de Rossi? Week, no, well, I, you know what? I had a really hard time placing her in this movie. I saw her and I'm like, I fucking know her. Who the fuck is that? Oh, you didn't recognize I, her immediately? Well, I only know her from, um, uh, oh, Arrested Development. Oh, not and I'm like, she looks, she looks significantly, not, I don't know, she looks significantly older in Arrested Development than she does in this. And like, I think a lot of it is her fashion and her makeup. Like, it's not that she's an older woman, but like her character looks different than this. I'm like, who the fuck? I, I fucking know her. Yeah, it took me a while, but not her. Um, we're doing Marisol Nichols, who plays a character named Donnie. I think D-A-W-N-I-E. I think uh -huh. Donnie is the girl who pops up out of nowhere to be a jump scare when Cece's alone in the sorority house. I know what shows she's on, but I, I, I know you do. I like couldn't recognize her. I was like, why does this lady look so familiar? The yeah. second I saw her on IMDb, I know who she is now, but I won't I won't steal your the, thunder. The cast had so many stars in it that I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna look through this and see if there's somebody that I don't know their name and they've been in something. And there was a guy before this who had like 12 credits, and I'm like, none of these are fun to talk about. And then I clicked on her and I'm like, well, this is what the IMDb deep dive is made for. Y'all, she's had 56 credits. This was her mm. eighth. This is early, early in her career. Before this, she was in one episode of Beverly Hills 90210, an episode of ER. Uh, then she played Audrey Griswold in Vegas Vacation. So you might know her from that. That's the Oh, I yep. can see her now. Yep. Yes, I can. Um, Wait, she's, she's meant to be one of Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase's children. Um, Beverly D'Angelo was no longer the mom, I don't think, at that point. In Vegas uh, Vacation. I think they had recast her as someone else. Okay, I, I don't think I've ever seen Vegas Vacation. Continue. Uh, the, I think the, the son I'm Nick Papa Giorgio from Yuma, Arizona. No, Not Beverly D'Angelo's in she this. Mom? Is this. Is the yeah. son in that one um, the guy Ethan that Embry. plays... Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry, yeah, okay. So yeah, she's the daughter in that. Um, since oh, then, okay. she she's had an incredibly active career since that. She was one of the Love Burger groupies in Can't Hardly Wait. She played Carla in Mafia! Exclamation Point, which is like one of the most underappreciated satires ever fucking made. I don't find it underappreciated. I like Mafia. So fucking bad, oh. man. <laughs> um, she was in two episodes of Boy Meets World, an episode of Malcolm and Eddie. She played Serena Garcia in The Princess and the Barrio Boy in 2000 with oh. Edward James Olmos and Pauly Shore. Oh. Then she played Miriam Al Khalifa in oh. The Princess and the Marine in 2001. <laughs> so one year, she was in The Princess and the Barrio Boy, then The Princess and the Marine a year later. Oh. So some yeah. casting director is like, yep, you, you look kind of... Yeah, you're ambiguous enough. Yeah, it's hey. gonna, gonna come back. That's gonna Yuck. come back. Yuck. Uh, but she, the marine in that movie, happened to be Mark Paul Gosseler. So she was in a, a romantic. I'm not even sure it's a romantic comedy. It's I looked at it because I'm like, oh, these have to be related. They are not related films. They just happen to have a similar title. Um, it's it's supposedly based on a true story of a marine who falls in love with like a Bahraini princess. So she plays huh? like the, the yeah, uh, Bahraini princess in that movie. From 2000 to 2002, she was in 53 episodes of Resurrection Boulevard, which I vaguely remember being a show but know nothing about. Oh, okay. I, just, I remember that title. Um, 
from 2002, from the year that movie ended until 2003, she was in one episode each of Alias, Twilight Zone, Friends, CSI, Law and Order, SVU, Nip, Tuck, and Charmed. In 2003, she was also in a movie called The Pitcher and the Pinup, which sounds like Dookie. Um, Thank you. Yep, she was in five episodes of Cold Case in 2004, Big Mama's House 2. Then she was in 24 episodes of the show 24 as a character named Nadia Yasir. So again, she's playing a Muslim character. When I saw the name and saw that it was 24, oh, obviously she's a terrorist. I looked it up. She doesn't play a terrorist. She plays like an FBI agent who they lead you to believe is a mole working for the terrorists. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because she's Muslim in 24, she has to be a terrorist. Turns out she gets like cleared of that later on in the show. I mean, she gets promoted up the ladder or whatever. But well, I think spoiler first, alert, everyone. Yeah, I'm sorry to spoil 24, Dick Cheney's favorite show. But I think for the first like 20 episodes, you're supposed to hate her and think that she's like a mole working for Al-Qaeda or whatever not Al-Qaeda name they give the terrorist outfit in that show. Uh, she was in NCIS Los Angeles and also regular old NCIS. She was in Private Practice and then Criminal Minds. She was in the dark, edgy MTV Teen Wolf. Uh-huh. She was in Spiral, which is like the serious Christopher or Chris Rock-led um spinoff of the saw movies where he's like the grizzled fbi agent chasing after um what's his name jigsaw Jigsaw. Jigsaw. yep and then she was in 64 episodes of riverdale which is where i stay out of riverdale harmony hermione hermione lodge married to hiram lodge aka mark consuelos there you go I, I figured that's where you knew her from. Yes. Um, so she was most recently in a movie called Christmas CEO, which is in post-production. She plays a character named Christmas. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck is. Is that like a Hallmark movie? What is I, this? I, I looked at the, the, There's be. only two people that are listed in it so far. The premise is that she runs like a small time toy company that gets bought out, or I think is like in line to get bought out by basically Mattel. But in order to seal that deal, she has to win over her ex-husband's business partner or something insane. So I'm assuming that like they fall in love under the mistletoe or some stupid shit in like a small town in Missouri or whatever. So I bet it's trash, but mm-hmm. yeah. Stay tuned yeah. Guess where she's from, y'all. Guess where Mars Marisol, Marisol Nichols, Nichols is from. Austin, Texas? No, she went to Naperville North <gasps> High School. No, she Naperville. didn't. <laughs> really? How, how old is she? Hold on. Does it hot say what damn. year she how old is uh, she? She was born in 73. Oh so. shit. So we were not there at the same time. No. That's She's like wild. so much older, but she went to Naperville North and the College of DuPage. I also went to College of DuPage to get my um, degree in graphic design. We all went to College of DuPage. Yeah, it's a it's a no. good community college. No, yeah, no, no. she's a it's... Scientologist. Oh no! Well, it's, it's now it's dark like babes always are. Yeah, <laughs> a tragic end. Sorry, guys. Oh boy. But yeah. yeah. That was a fun one because I, I didn't know who she was in the movie. I'm like, let me just get this random Donnie. Oh my god, she's been in fucking everything. Her face really thinned out i know it's gonna yeah. sound rude to say no she looks like skeletor now yeah she had like a relatively mm-hmm. round face as a young person and now she she looks like uh Fomka jansen looked last week 
So there's that. It's not that bad. Eh, let's go to work. Um, okay, so that does bring us to the end of this week's episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's had out some superlatives. Uh, y'all, finally, a spectacular movie where almost no young people survive. It's about damn time. I have one superlative to give this week, and it's the Sydney, who is most likely to turn this whole story into a really maudlin, off, 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 off Broadway one woman show called, like, Stab in the Dark or something. <laughs> like, Stab in the Dark. We did, we did not know that she was a thespian in the first movie. She's obviously yeah. very serious about her acting now. And I can see her renting a really sad little studio space to, to do all the characters in this whole story. Um, this next movie is Dana's pick, and we are no longer in the spooktacular, so it could be anything. Dana, what are we going to watch next? I decided to pick 13 Going on 30. Oh, mm. that's a real departure. Is that the one where you're, you're like 30, flirty, and dirty? No, it's not dirty. That sounds dirty. Like porno, man. Flirty. No, it's like the female version of Big. Yeah, it's uh, Lady Big. Lady Big. Lady Big, yeah. It's, um, Lady Big. Is it Jennifer Garner back when she was an uh-huh. actress still? And not just uh-huh. doing Capital One commercials. She mm. also does Neutrogena wrinkle cream stuff. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I've, I've never seen this movie. I am very familiar with the plot and with one dress that she wears in it. Yeah. May I read you some of the things off of the poster right now? Lay it on me, yeah. Taglines? Um, we got taglines here? There's a couple. <laughs> For some, 13 feels like it, it was just yesterday. For Jenna, it was. Oh my God. My name is Jenna. Uh, a quit. comedy for the kid in all of us. I will say 13 feels like 75 years ago for me. This does not feel like yesterday when I was 13. It's got to be fun to play like your adult self as a 13 year old and be like, I get to be like, oh man. That's got to be fun. Watch, uh, watch Pen15 on, on Hulu. They do the hell out exactly. of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Myra or um, uh, Maya Erskine and um, oh Anna, her name is is Anna Cohn, I think is her is her real name. The two of them playing thirteen year olds, they seem to be having the time of their fucking lives. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. Uh, maybe it's her, I think her character's name is Anna Cohn, and her real name is Anna Conklin or some some raggedy shit like that. But yeah, that watch watch Pin Fifteen, watch The Great Hulu Originals are really doing the most right now. Uh, guys, that does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recapping Down Pod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, Recapping Down Fan Club. We'll keep the discussion going in there all week. If you guys have any opinions or memories of this movie, we'd love for you to hop in and let us know what you think. But if you didn't like what you heard, to quote Gail Weathers, You need to check your contents at the door, sweetie. I'm not here to be loved. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.